know what it is it's your coach that knows who's the most man and i'm back with another episode eight i'm feeling so very great and it's still cold world back talking hoops with coach cam man and you already know what it is it's your coach that knows hoops the most last week's episode was a very high listened episode you know it was shots fired you know i had some things that was said you know not gonna say it, uh, repeat it again just go listen um i had a lot i got i got some ears now and i appreciate that because it's growing and even if i ever get this podcast to a point where it's more than just 50, 60 people listening. Uh, I appreciate my core fans. I appreciate the people that's been with me from the beginning because it's season three. So I've been doing this for about a year and a half, almost two years now. So I appreciate the people that's been along the ride because I've gotten better. When I first started doing this, I was recording on my phone. I got a nice microphone now. Got a nice little space to record. And I'm in a good space to talk basketball. And I've been listening to different podcasts and stuff. So, you know, I'm getting better with my transitions and stuff like that. But I appreciate the people, my day ones, as as Drake used to call, you know, do it for my day ones. I appreciate the people that's been listening from the beginning. But I also appreciate the new listeners. There's some people that didn't know that I had three seasons worth of material. I do. You can go back and listen to them. It's still some good basketball talk. Uh, But we got some more hoops to talk about this week. This week, we're going to talk about J. Cole and his basketball bars. Man, it's still Cold World. Still playing that album, man. I mean, I think it's a classic. Uh, probably one of the better albums that I've heard in a long time. So I'm going to talk about that for a little bit and the basketball connotation that's within his lyrics. Love that. We got some non-basketball topics we're going to talk about. Talk about a mighty bass plan for Team Final. Uh, Giovanna Hanna transferring. Uh, got some coaches getting new jobs, some players getting some new movement. I got a statement from Gino Oriana, and then I'm going to get into the NBA. So here's why I might lose some of you people, uh, but that's what's most prevalent right now. I got to talk about the NBA. Uh, most of my fan base is high school and college, but it's basketball. And I told you uh, in the spring and in the summer, I'm going to talk about the NBA because it's more NBA to talk about, but it's a lot of NBA to talk about. So when we get to that portion of the episode, you might tune it out. You might tune in. I don't know. I mean, we talking hoops, man. What else you got to do, man? If you turn this on, you already got, you ain't doing nothing. If you turn me on, you got some time to listen to a podcast. You got an hour or two. This is going to buckle up, man. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be a long episode. It's not going to be a 40-minute episode. It's not going to be, a, it's going to be a long episode. So if you want to hear Coach Cam talk about some basketball, talk some hoops, this is the episode for you. So starting off with uh, the J. Cole album, I, I mentioned it a little bit last week, uh, but I, I, I'm still playing it, man. I still find myself playing the album. I'm a hip-hop guy. Let me just, in case you didn't already know, I'm a hip-hop guy. I used to rap, got 200 albums. I used to have bars. My name was Flame Nick. So when you listen to my podcast and you and, and you hear the, the rap and the hip-hop beats and you hear the bars in the beginning that I used to drop season one, season two, that was, that's me. I'm a hip-hop head. I'm a hip-hop guy. So I'm always going to listen to hip-hop. Not just to, not to say that I don't listen to the futures of the world, that I don't listen to the NBA Young Boys, 42 Doug, Sada Baby, and all that, because I, I do. I listen to a lot of different rap. But this J. Cole is different, man. It's different. And I know y'all listen like, hold on. 
Oh, this is a basketball podcast. Why are you talking about J. Cole? Because on his album cover, he's got a basketball net in flames because he's killing the game. The record's called The Offseason, which is, for a lot of people right now, it's The Offseason. But the thing that I appreciate about the album is the basketball bars that he drops. You know, we talk about coming off the booth, doing the Westbrook Rocker Baby. You know, I'm on my Grizzly, John Morant. John Morant, I'm on my Grizzly. You know, bars like that. Where he's like, you know, uh, he says something to the fact where, you know, I flip like exclamation points. My dogs shoot like they never played the point. I heard that and I went crazy. Like, yeah, that's me. I ain't never played the point, though. I was, I was two guard. So that means you can relate. I relate to this album. Love the basketball bars. You know, watching JR getting off the backboard. Like, you know, the stuff like that really resonates with me because... I always tried to infuse basketball into my music. I like how J. Cole infused basketball in his music. And he hooping out. So we could talk about him not only dropping basketball bars, but him playing in the league in Africa. And they had the chance to put his game on ESPN. And I'm going to tell you like this. This isn't a high-level league that he's playing in, okay? All right, let's just, let's, just, let's just be honest. J. Cole isn't playing a high level of basketball. But it is still professionally. Now, a lot of people can say they play professional basketball. I can. I play professional basketball. I can play in this league right now and probably have 30. And I ain't hooped in I don't know how long, but I probably could get 30 in this league. These guys that he playing against. But, you know, it's still Cold World. If you haven't heard the album, go and cop it. It's like that. So now, now that we got the basketball bars out the way, uh, Amani Bates. Amani Bates this past weekend chooses to play for team final. So a lot of people were up in arms about the situation why would he leave base fundamental? He got his own program. Why would he leave that program to go play with somebody else? And me personally, I don't have a problem with it. And this is why I don't have a problem with it. There was a point in time where LeBron James played for the Oakland Soldiers. And they had all type of big time names and pros and all that on that team. And for a weekend, he decided to play for them. What's the difference here? What's the difference? Like, we live in an era where guys are going to play for multiple teams. Guys are going to go to multiple franchises. Kevin Durant played for three franchises. OKC, Golden State, and now Brooklyn. You know, LeBron James played for three franchises. The Cavaliers twice. Miami Heat, and now with the Lakers. So that's the, what the state of basketball is. Guys aren't just going to play for one team forever. That just ain't the case. That's not how basketball is now. And I know you want to be like Magic and play 12 years for one team. Cool. You know, play 13 years for one team like MJ. Cool. That's not how these guys are wired now. They're going to play with different teams. And if you feel a certain way about it, then, hey, that's on you. But it's, it's, the, state of the, it's the state of basketball. I, I'm, I like it. I like the fact that he went and played with somebody else because he has to learn how to play with other good players. This team that he's playing on is very, very good. So it's not like he's not playing with other four and five stars. Plus, a lot of times, guys like Amani Bates, you know, guys that are at the upper echelon of basketball, they have to do a lot, right? We're we asking a lot for a guy that's 17 years old to always score 30 points, to always get 20 rebounds, to always get 10 assists every time he lays it up. And sometimes he just want to hoop. Sometimes he just want to play with some guys that and he ain't got to score 30. He can score 20. And he can, you know, have a couple highlights and just hoop. You know, he ain't got the... Uh, the bag is where he got to go against five high-level guys, and they all trying to guard him, kind of like Steph Curry. And we're going to talk about uh, the play-in games and the NBA towards the end of the podcast. But Steph Curry, he, he getting double and triple teams. You think he like that? Devin Booker didn't like it in the summer. Like, y'all double-teaming. Like, people don't like that. They want to be able to just play their game 
And Amani Bates, he got a target on his back every time he plays. So him playing with Team Final and playing with another five-star, I think the, the kid's name is Jalen Duran or something like that. He a, five, he a super five-star. I mean, dude is a beast. He out here looking like Montrez Harrell on the high school level. He dunking everything. He blocking everything. I'm looking like, jeez. Like, I know Amani Bates is good, but that guy he playing next to looks like a grown man. So why wouldn't he want to play with another team for another weekend? Now, the question is, is what's next? Now what happens in July? So when EYBL, because they haven't released their schedule yet, they will. They're going to do something in July. Don't know what. Uh, I've been told that they're going to have some type of bubble action and they're going to have their own little tournament or whatnot. But the EYBL is going to do something because these EYBL teams are playing in these other tournaments and these other tournaments are flourishing with EYBL teams. This this uh, tournament that Mighty Base played in, I want to say it was the Long Star tournament in Y2LA, if I'm not mistaken. But no, I'm sorry, it was Hoop Group. Hoop Group put it on. They ended up winning it, but it's an EYBLT. But then you got these other uh, entities putting on tournaments with EYBL teams. I know the EYBL is like, hold on, we got to capitalize in some way, especially now that the D1s can go out and recruit. The D1s can go out and recruit starting June 1. So now that they can go out and recruit, Trust me, all the high-level coaches, the high majors, they want to see the EYBL get put something together. So I can see that happening. So does he stay with Bates or does he stay with Team Final? Who does he play with? That's going to be interesting to watch, especially with Javonna Hanna, who was playing for Bates Fundamental EYBL team, deciding to transfer to Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Now, he can still play for Bates, but what does that say for Ipsy Prep? Is, is, the, is the structure of Ipsy Prep broken? What is Dylan Hunter going to do? What are those other guys going to do? Are they going to stay with base fundamental and play with Ipsy Prep? Is there turmoil in the water? Or is this just one of those things where Armani Bates just decided to play with another team in another weekend? I think it's just one of those things where he just decided to play with somebody else for a weekend, kind of like LeBron did with the Oakland Soldiers. I think that's it. I think that's just the case. That's it. I don't think there's any more to it than that. I don't think base fundamental is because the thing about base fundamental, they're younger programs. They have more than just a 17U. They got teams all the way down to the 20, 28, 29. I mean, if you follow the right people on social media, they'll tell you all about the 915U base fundamental teams. Tell you all about them. You'll find out everything you need to know. So they have a program. So that program is not going to stop because they have high-level players at the younger level. So I think base fundamental stays put. I think Ipsy Prep stays put. Uh, it might base might decide to go to the G League or do whatever. Uh, but I think they have uh, something to offer in the state of Michigan that not a whole lot of people can offer. And I could see somebody like, I don't know, Robert Davis saying, you know what, I'm going to go play with uh, Ipsy Prep. And I'm going to reclass of 2023 and go from there. I can see something like that happening. Rob Davis is a 6'6 guard, high-level player. I can see more people wanting to go the route of the Ipsy Prep situation here in the state of Michigan because it's a different option. It bucks the system. We've talked about that before. You can play more than 20 games. Your game can evolve. Actually, Javonna Hanna's game has evolved in the past 12 months playing with Ipsy Prep, probably more so than if he would if he had stayed at Mount Clemens. He's a much better player now than he was than he was playing with Mount Clemens because he knows how to play with high-level players. Beginning of the year, he really didn't. He struggled. 
he really struggled. When I saw him about a month and a half ago, he looked like a guy that could play against other high-level players, and that's what you're going to have to do if you want to play a high-level college. I mean, he got like 13 D1 offers or something like that. So in order to play at that level, you got you to gotta learn how to play against those bigger, taller, faster, stronger guys because that's what college is all about. So I don't think it's any turmoil. I think everything can stay put, but I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool because you know what? Hey, not everybody has a chance to play with other, other five stars and other high-level programs. And look, he went down there and they won a tournament and it was cool. I liked it. Other people might have a problem with it. I do not. Okay? Some other things I wanted to talk about this week that are non-NBA. Javonna Hanna. I just talked about Javonna Hanna transferring to Orchard Lake St. Mary. So what does that say about Orchard Lake? Orchard Lake is going to be loaded next year. With Kareem Rozier, I know Drew Roper is gone, but they still got Rozier. He's still there. He's still there. And as long as he's there, trust me, he's going to have some players around him. You still got Big DeCorian. He's still there. You add in Javonna Hanna to the mix, and they still right there, man. They still right there. So Orchard Lake will have an end, not even on top of that. They got one of the top freshmen in the country coming in and Trey McKinney, a kid out of Flint, uh, playing with base fundamental. So... I could, I could see Orchard Lake St. Mary's making a run again and them, them bumping up into Grand Blank. And Grand Blank, they won the state championship, but now they got to deal with Orchard Lake with the number one freshman and one of the top seniors in the class. So I think they'll, they'll be there. And if they don't get it done this year with them guys, I, I don't know what they could do. I really don't. I mean, they got Trey McKinney, so maybe he could pass the torch and get some of the younger guys in. But if, if you can't win it with this, these two loaded rosters, I don't know what to tell you. June 1. June 1 is the date. Uh, so that's next week. So next week, D1s can get out, recruit. They can get kids back on their campus. So you'll start seeing a lot more kids get more offers. You'll see some kids start taking some visits. I know Ty Rogers is taking three visits in June. And you can only take five. So him taking three is kind of setting in stone. Okay, these are three programs that are in his top five. They got to be. And I think he's going to hold on to his other two to really figure out what he wants to do. But making sure that he goes on these college visits is huge. It's huge because you had a kid like Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy, in his interview, when ESPN interviewed him, I'm sorry, not ESPN, Jaden Hardy was on uh, Jalen and Jacoby. Now, Jaden Hardy declared for the G League. And he said one of the reasons why he declared for the G League was because he didn't have an opportunity to take college visits. Because of COVID, he didn't get an opportunity to go on a campus and see their environment. He didn't get an opportunity to see how teams practice live, how they play live, see what their professors are like, see what the girls are like. Because, you know, you know, Hoopers like girls. I mean, if well, I mean, I don't mean to generalize, but you get what I'm saying. The campus life. You don't get a chance to experience the campus life. And that's huge when making a decision for college for high-level players like Jaden Hardy and Ty Rogers. Ty Rogers has the opportunity where he could go on campuses in June. Now, even though class is probably not in session, he can still get the experience and see what it's like. You know, he can meet the players. He can, he can hang with the coaches a little bit more. He can see what the campus is like. He can see what the town is like. Some of these college towns, it ain't nothing there. Absolutely nothing there. And you got to drive five or 10 miles to the nearest Walmart and nearest Applebee's. But right there on campus, it ain't much. So you want to be in an environment where you go up to Ann Arbor. There's a lot to do in Ann Arbor. There's a lot to do on a Saturday. You go to a football game. You could go down Main Street. You know, if you if you feeling froggy, you could go over a couple of streets of Ypsilanti and hang out with some, some Eastern Michigan folks. Like, it's a lot to do. It's a college city. But if you go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama... 
or some, I wouldn't say Tuscaloosa per se, but some of these some of these cities that these colleges are in, there is nothing there. You go to go to Penn State, go to Penn State, Morgantown, PA. I think that's where Penn State is. ain't nothing there. There's nothing there. But Penn State. Now, do people go there and have a good time? They do. But when was the last time a high major player went there? It's been a while. Maybe Shrewsbury can change that 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 uh, mantra of how that looks. But Ty Rogers gets the opportunity to do so, and so do other players. So it, it affects recruiting because when you have people on your campus and you're reaching out and you're offering different people, the class of 22 can now see where they land. They can see what schools are really interested in them because if they're not offering you to be on campus, they really ain't that interested. If they don't want you to come to their team camp, they really ain't that interested. They're not. They're just, they're just blowing smoke. Now with the high major guys, it's easy to find everybody's interested. With the mid-major guys, you have to, you have to filter out the real from the fake. You have to filter out the offers from the interest. Because there's a big difference from being offered. It's a big difference of being interested. Yeah, you might hear from an assistant coach every day. But if you haven't gotten offers and if, if they have not tried to get you on campus, that really sets the tone in your recruiting for the class of 22, 23, 24, and beyond. Now, let's talk about July a little bit. So now that opens up July. So July is going to be busy. It's going to be a lot of basketball to talk about July and the travel hoops because you'll have EYBL is going to have something. Adidas is going to Adidas, of sure, is going to have something. UAA is probably going to have something. So you're going to start seeing, you know, where these teams are going to be showcased because if you're not being showcased by in front of some Division I schools or high-level D2 schools, you're at the wrong tournament. If they ain't college coaches at your tournament, you at the wrong one. So you want to go to the tournament where the coaches are going to, and the coaches are going to let you know exactly where they're going if, if the level of players is there. So depending on if the EYBL does something, you might have some teams in the EYBL spread out. If there's some EYBL teams at that tournament, you want to be there. You do. If there's some Adidas teams and some UAA teams being there, you want to be there because the coaches follow the big time players. So July is going to be huge. Want to give a shout out to Coach Niz, Macomb County Community College. Finally, Hires a head coach for their basketball team. And it's Coach Niz uh, Hassan. Uh, and it's out from uh, Roseville High School. He, he was at Roseville for a few years. Built a nice program there. Built a really nice program at Roseville. Now he goes from there to Macomb County. And the JUCOs here are going to be in our area. They're sweating now. They're like, man, we got a young, fiery coach in our conference that can recruit. I mean, he's already offered four or five guys already. Um, he's hitting the ground running. So shout out to Coach Niz, uh, getting the job at the at Macomb. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna flourish there. He's not just gonna do do well. He's gonna flourish. He's gonna do really well there, similar to what Coach Shep is doing at Henry Ford. And you'll you'll see Schoolcraft, even if they hire the right guy, you'll see Schoolcraft take a dip. You'll see Schoolcraft take a dip. And those kids that were at Schoolcraft, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of them at Macomb. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a few of them at uh, Henry Ford, but they can't take them all. Um, if they hire the wrong person, Schoolcraft can take a huge dip. And this might be a situation where people stop going to Schoolcraft. Like, why am I going to go to Schoolcraft when I could go to Henry Ford and go D1? Why would I go to Schoolcraft when I can go to Macomb and go D1? And they'll stop going there. A guy from the east side of Detroit or uh, east of 75, you got to drive. If you live in that, you got to drive a nice little way to get all the way over to Schoolcraft. That's a good 40, 45-minute drive. If 
I live on the east side, and I can go to Macomb County, which is 20 minutes away, supposed to go to Schoolcraft, which is 50 minutes away. I'm picking the 20 minutes. So you're going you're gonna to start seeing more players like, I don't know if I, 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 don't know if I want to go to Schoolcraft. It's not like they have dorms. You got to live in an apartment out there somewhere because you're not making the drive. So it's kind of like how Mott took a dip for a few years because, you know, people started to figure out why I got to go all the way to Flint. Especially kids from the metro Detroit area. Why well, I got to always go to Flint to go to a good JUCO? I go to Henry Ford. I go to Macomb. I could go to Wayne County. Wayne County got a fresh, brand new facility. You'll start seeing some kids going to Wayne County. They're, they're going to be a player now. Don't won't be surprised. Don't be surprised if Wayne County creep up on some of these JUCOs now. They creep up on Oakland. They creep up on. Um, Every four to some of these guys because now they have a facility that's that's pretty nice. You walk in that gym, it smells new, got the, the fresh new locker rooms and all that. So I just said this to say uh, Juco basketball in Michigan got shooken up a little bit with Coach Niz going to Macomb. He's going to get some players there very, very, very fast. Now, I wanted to talk about uh, Jaden Hardy uh, deciding to go to the G League. I just mentioned not too long ago talking about Javonna Hanna being able to uh, take visits. And I, I found that very interesting that he decided to go to the G League as opposed to going to college. I've said on this podcast before, he's a, he's a professional player. He's a pro. So pros need to play with pros. Pros don't need to go to college. Just like I said, LaMelo, his game wouldn't have transferred in college. He's a pro. His game transfers on the pro level. Hardy is the same way. He can create his own shot better than anybody in high school right now. He's great off a ball screen. He shoots you with great range. And in order to be a pro, you have to have range on your jump shot. He's not a system player. He's not a guy that I'm going to put in a continuous ball screen motion system. He's not a guy that I'm going to put in a four out, one in system. He's a pro. He's a pro. So I like the fact that he decided to go to the G League. Now, the fact that he couldn't take college visits, him saying that was pretty mature. I didn't expect him to say that, but he was very correct. Some of these guys will decide to go pro, not just for the bag. They're going to get a bag. They should get a bag regardless. And if they do what they're supposed to do in 12 months, they should get a bag. Whether they're going to the NBA or whatnot, they should get a bag. But to see the maturity of him and say, you know what? I decided to play in the G League going off the success of guys like Green and those guys that played in the G League last year and it didn't hurt their draft stock. You had four or five guys that went to the G League and it did not hurt their draft stock. For a guy like Jalen Green, it improved his draft stock. Now he's a top five pick when he was probably top 10 before going. I think he looks at that and he's like, okay, I can showcase my game against other pros. Professionally, I can get better. It's going to improve my professional profile. Why not get paid $250,000, $500,000? And you know, some people say, well, uh, the coaches in the SEC can, can drop that bag. And it's like, ah, I don't know. They can, but can they do it legally? Are they supposed to do that? Can they come out and say, we have offered Jaden Hardy a half a million dollars to play at Duke? Coach K can't say that. I know he wish he could because he'd take one of them paychecks. He making $10 million a year? You don't think Coach K would take one of his paychecks, which is probably, I don't know, 100000 or something every two weeks, something crazy like that, and say, you know what? Let's, I'm going to take a couple of my checks, and I want to pay for Jaden Hardy. 
He can't do that legally. The G League could come out and say, we're offering you a million dollars. Kind of like the overseas elite league. Now, though they haven't played any games, they, they're developing a platform to showcase high school and college athletes. Guys who don't want to go to college. That sounds real familiar, don't it? It sounds like something a guy with the last name Ball was trying to do, was to create a league for guys who don't want to go to college. College ain't for everybody. Newsflash. There are people that go to the plants and do just fine. There are people that work for Chrysler. There are people that, that go to the post office that, that want to be police officers and firemen that don't go to college. And they do just fine. Everybody ain't got to go to college. That's not an option for you. Basketball-wise, they make it so that you have to go to college. Now that you have leagues that are giving you the opportunity to, for high-level elite athletes to say, you know what, you don't have to go to college. Overseas Elite is offering a high school junior in the class of 2023 a million dollars to skip his senior year in high school. So I had this question for my wife. I said, would you let Carter go to the, and play in the professional league for a million dollars? And she was like, oh, no, he's got to get his education. I say, why can't he get his education online? Like, does he have to be on campus somewhere? Oh, well, it's about the experience of him going to prom. He can still go to prom. Kobe went to prom. Like, he can still come back and go to prom. Like, he can still have friends. He can still do all of that. And, you know, we didn't have a back and forth about it because I already knew what she was. She was valuing education. But what if you get all your education in three years? What if you don't need a senior year? You know, so those are the kind of things I was talking. A million dollars is a lot of money. I mean, I might not, it might take me 20 years to make a million dollars. Let's see. Let me do the math. Uh, bye bye. Uh, carry the two and the three, add the four. Yeah, it'll probably take me 15, 20 years. It'll probably take me 15 years at least to make a million dollars. Just working. Just working. We're going to give you that now. You're a high school junior, though, but we're going to give it to you now. Right? So that kind of, I like somebody with the analogy. I think it was either Steve Bell. It was somebody online, it might have been Steve Bell, Bank Hoops, that said, well, the million dollars just gave you a 10-year head start. So whether, if it all goes bad and all you left with is a million dollars, you're 18 years old. In order to make a million dollars, you got to make 50,000 for the next 10 to 15 years. I think it was like the next 10 years, you got to make 50,000 a year. So you got a 20-year head start on your career. And I like that analogy, being able to say, all right, I know it's not all about the money, but if, in certain cases, if you're a high-level player in high school and they're offering you a million dollars, I mean, I don't see why you don't take it. I, I don't see why you don't. If, you're, if you were in high school and the best accounting firm said, you know what, we're going to offer you 50000 a year for the next 20 years, and you can opt out after the first year, and we're going to give you a sign-up bonus of half a million dollars, Ah, it's going to be kind of hard to turn down. I mean, that's like we're talking a lot of money here. So I know it's not all about the money, but basketball players should have an option. They should have an option because you've got guys good enough that are 17, 18, 19 years old. They're good enough to be get paid professionally. Guys in college are good enough to be, get paid professionally. So if I want to get paid a little bit earlier, why not play in the Overseas Elite League? Now, they got a huge backing, so we're going to be watching and paying attention to this Overseas Elite League because they got some money behind them, and they already offering guys a million dollars to play in their league, and it's like, wow. You know, these are, they already got two sets of twins uh, coming in, and they're paying each twin like 500000 or something crazy. Uh, it's gonna, for parents, it's going to be hard to turn down. I know for me, 
we gonna have to have, we gonna have to talk. <laughs> we gonna have to talk. You come to me with a million dollars for Carter to play. We gonna have to talk. Um, and if he goes to college, we gonna have have to talk with the school. Like, listen here, uh, we gonna have to showcase him in a way where we just turned down a million dollars to come to your school. So if he's not a a lottery draft pick, I need some legislation. I'm gonna need something on paper that says I'm, you go. I'm gonna need some insurance. I'm gonna need some insurance. That's all I'm saying. You make me turn down a million to go to Duke. I need some insurance. So while we're talking about college basketball, I was online today and I saw something that Gino Oriana said online, talking about the transfer portal. And they were talking about the transfer portal, and it's like a thousand kids online on the portal. I want to bring up a little bit of this article. Um, this is something that Gino said today. The the head of the article is on a Gino Arena on the NCAA transfer portal. It's a mess. Says it was going to be a mess in the beginning. It's a mess now. It's going to be a bigger mess each and every year. A lot of these kids are delusional. You know, they have so many voices in their ear. And I understand that. I understand that. I get that totally. And then you scroll down and you read the article. And at the very end of the article, even though Gino is kind of, he's not opposed. He's trying to play both sides of the fence. Because at the end of the article, it says that UConn gets a transfer from Ohio State, a freshman, all Big Ten, all freshman league, averaged 14 points and 11 rebounds, who's transferring to UConn. And when I saw that, I was like, if you're so opposed of this transfer, if it's such a mess, then why didn't you tell that transfer that wanted to come to your program from Ohio State? Why didn't you tell her, to, why didn't you tell her no? Why didn't you tell her to go back? So you, you take your transfers, but when they leave, it's a problem. And I hate the, hic the hypocrisy of college basketball and some of these coaches. That's, that's very hypocritical for him to blast or not per se blast, but not have some negative comments about the transfer portal. And then you still taking transfers. You can't play both sides of the fence, I don't think. But you, you do that because you know you can get other girls. So why get mad when they leave? And there was a comment that he made in the article that he said when a girl decides to transfer, he asked them, what's wrong with you? Because you're obviously in a great place. You obviously have every, you're starting, you're getting minutes. What's wrong with you? And the first thing I thought was, man, that's really a, I don't want to say, that's kind of an asshole response. Like, every coach ain't for everybody. I might not like your values. I might not like how you coach. That don't mean I can't go and play somewhere else. Don't get mad at the transfers if somebody don't like your coaching style or like you as a person. Because some of these coaches, man, I'm going to tell you right now, like they'll kill your spirit in a minute. They will take your spirit in a minute. They will make you not want to play basketball. I've had plenty of guys come into my office and say, you know what, I just, I just don't want to play basketball because coaches just ride my ass all the time. And then they decide to leave, and now it's on the transfer. It's on them. It's on the kid. A lot of times it ain't on the kid. It's on the coach. A kid, a coach can decide. Gino right now could decide and go and coach in the NBA as, as an assistant, as a head coach, not as a head coach, uh, because they won't let you transfer like that. But he could decide and, and change sports and change schools at any time. Why can't the why can't the student athletes do the exact same thing? That's why I don't have a problem with it. Because I know some of these transfers. Are, it's not delusional. Some of these kids were pushed out the door. Some of these kids had no other choice but to transfer. 
So if I'm a kid like Beardis White, who ain't got no love for my school all year, and I'm the team's leading scorer, and I look up at a billboard, and there's three other people not from Michigan on the billboard, I should feel a certain way about it. If you want me to be here, treat me as such. Don't get mad when I want to hit the door. See, what's going on is college basketball has figured Geno out. They didn't figure him out. And this isn't a hot take. This is just what I think. His run is over. Geno's run on college basketball on the women's side is over. He went 20 years. He won 11 titles. That's great. He had a huge run where they went four or five years and they lost, what, maybe one, one or two games? It ain't like that no more. He ain't, been in, he ain't won a title in five years. And I don't see him winning one anytime soon. Dawn Staley and the Big 12, they not letting up on Geno. They not letting up on him. He might not, it might be a minute before he win another one. Because some of these girls, is like, like Rakia Jackson, like, I'm not going to UConn. I'm going to Mississippi State. <laughs> I'm going to Texas a and I'm going to Texas. I'm going to Baylor. I'm going to Oregon. I'm going to Stanford. I ain't going to UConn. Forget UConn. They don't control women's basketball anymore. I'm seeing a lot more black head coaches that are women. And I know a lot of black girls that want to play for head coaches like Dawn Staley. She stands for something. She does. She's won an Olympic gold medal. She's played in the WNBA. She's won a WNBA title. I think she knows what she's talking about. She from the inner city of Philly. She from the city for real. So if I'm a, if I'm a girl from the city like that, why wouldn't I want to play for Dawn Staley? I wouldn't want to play for Gino. He don't know the struggle. I would want to play for a coach. I would want to play for a coach that knows the struggle. So Gino's run on college basketball on the women's side it's a wrap. It's over. Now, he might mess around and win one in the next couple years. I'm going to tell you like this. In the next five years, he ain't winning four titles. In the next five years, he might win one. So, so stamp this. So this is May 26th, 2021. Gino Arnold and UConn, the next five years, they might win one title. I'm telling you, the game has changed. Now, this, I know this is a podcast talking hoops. I know a lot of my followers don't follow women's basketball. I follow it more now than I used to. I used to could care less about women's basketball. I'm going to be honest with you. But now when you see like people like Rakia Jackson, because I'm on the whole recruit the mitten deal now. So if I see Mississippi State women's on, on ESPN on a Saturday at 2 o'clock, I might check it out for a few minutes just to see what Rakia's going to do. If I see Clemson on, I might see what Gabby Elliott is going to do. If I see Texas A&M on, I want to see Destiny Pitts make a couple threes. That's my dog. So I'm going to pay attention a little more. So WNBA, the, the, the state of women's basketball is rising. Even in the state of Michigan, there's a lot of very good basketball programs in the state of Michigan and across the country. The level of basketball has increased. Everybody just don't go to UConn. There's more players now. They can't all go to UConn. And they don't want to. They would rather go somewhere else and beat UConn. Last time I checked, they ain't been in the Final Four the last three, four years. So Gino, he might be upset about that. But for him to be critical about the transfers and then right on the same tone, take a transfer in is real hypocritical. But that's how these coaches are, man. It's good when it benefits you. 
It's great when it benefits you, but if it don't benefit you, somebody want to lead a program, it's the, it's the kid's fault and it ain't your fault. And I got a problem with that because I've seen it firsthand where a coach can run a kid out the door and immediately it's on the kid and it ain't the kid because some of these coaches are assholes. So I think Geno's run is over. But it's your coach that knows hoops the most. And it was one other thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, non-NBA related. My boy Rocket Watts finally found a school, man. Rocket Watts announced that he's going to Mississippi State. Man, in the SEC. That's going to be a good look for Rocket Watts. And most of you probably don't even know about Mississippi State. They're like, Coach, what you know about Mississippi State? Well, I'm going to tell you this. It's not about the school. It's about the conference. His game don't train. He ain't a Big Ten player. His game will translate in the SEC. Yes, it will, buddy, because the SEC has high-level players. They have high-level guards. The best guards in the country play in the SEC. They do. If you need a big fella, the big fella going to play in the Big Ten. You need a guard? You need a guard? You're going to look in the SEC. You're going to look in the Big 12. You're going to look at the ACC. When I'm, I'm looking up stuff online, and I'm thinking about Rocket Watts, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, I know there's been some good guards that come out the SEC, and not just Kentucky, but when we're in playoff mode, because we're going to talk about the playoffs here in a second, we're in playoff mode, and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I wonder how many guards that are playing in the playoffs right now played at an SEC school. Of course, you'll think about the Kentucky players, but it's more than just the Kentucky players. So I'm going to name you 20 guys recently that are right now playing in the playoffs that are playing in the SEC. You ready? Bam on the Bayou, Bradley Bill, AD, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, KCP, Willie Cauley-Stein, Julius Randle, Rajon Randle, Jordan Clarkston, DeMarcus Cousins, Dorian Finney-Smith, Jermichael Green, Tobias Harris, who just had 37 the other night, Tyler Hero, Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, Enos Cantor, Michael Porter Jr., Bobby Portis, Emmanuel Quickly, and Julius Randle. And I stopped at 20. When I got to 20, I was like, man, I'm going to stop because I could keep going. These, are guys, these aren't just SEC players in the NBA. These are SEC players that are playing in the playoffs right now. The playoffs. And all of these, all of these guys did not go to Kentucky. They didn't. Michael Porter Jr. went to Missouri. Bradley Beal went to Florida. Contavious Caldwell Pope went to Georgia. Now, he can't make a shot for the Lakers, but guess what? He's still one of the best defenders in the NBA. He's a great wing defender. Now, he might not get you 15 points on your fan duel, but guess what? He can play some defense. He, he can check. He can check. And he can make an open three. And he also was the SEC player of the year. People forget that. Jordan Clarkson went to Missouri. So, like... You know, you look at a guy like Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris, they go to Kentucky. Tobias Harris is one of uh, Philadelphia Sixers' better players. Now, all these guys went to Kentucky, but they played in the SEC. And I say that to say that Rocket, and am I saying Rocket Watts is going to have the impact that these guys had in the SEC? I'm not saying that, but he might. The opportunity is there. On paper, it looks like, man, you got all these pros because a lot of these guys are guards. I didn't name a bunch of bigs. I named a few, and I left some off. I left some off. I didn't leave, I didn't tell everybody. I just stopped it at 20. And it's Bradley Beal is probably one of the better guards. Bradley Beal, Devin Booker. There you go. Right there. Two guards that played in the SEC, playing in the playoffs. So if I'm a guard, I would want to play in the conference that gets guards to the league. 
I won't want to play for a coach that gets guys to the league. I would want to play for Leonard Hamilton. He gets guards in the league. I want to play for him. I do. I want to play for guys like that. Because if I most basketball players want to get to the that's what we all want to do. We want to get to the league. So seeing Rocket go to the SEC, I'm I'm ecstatic. I think he's gonna do very well at Mississippi State. You've got Ernie Ziegler down there who's the assistant coach. He can take care of him. He can make a Detroit call if you need to. He can call Coach Cub. Hey man, come down here, get your guy. He down here tripping. He can make that call. Um but I like I like to see that. I like to see him playing in the SEC because it fits his game. But it's your coach. That knows hoops the most, man. We 30, we 40 minutes in, and I haven't even touched the NBA playoffs yet, and I'm going to do so right here. So this is the part of the program where if you ain't a fan of Coach Cam talking about the NBA, hey, I'm going to holler at you, man. Peace. But if you want to hear me talk some more basketball, and I know you do, I know you want to hear my basketball takes because when it comes to basketball takes, I'm not doing this for entertainment. This, these are real basketball takes. These are real things that I talk about on my Twitter feed. These are real things that I talk to basketball people about when I'm at the restaurant waiting on my order and people get to talking basketball with me. They might see my jacket. They might see my shoes and be like, you look like a basketball player. Yeah. Or coach, what do you think about LeBron and AD losing the first game? We get to talk about this could be, be totally strangers. Strangers talk basketball with me all the time. I I don't get it. I don't understand because I, I I'm up. I walk like a ball player. Come on, you heard Hove? Check my swag, dog. I walk like a ball player, so you know I play ball. So I get those conversations all the time. So this is the part where I'm gonna talk about the National Basketball Association and the playoffs. Let me take a swig of my Mountain Dew. I like Mountain Dew, man. It's my thing. Try not to drink it as much once I start working in in uh running miles and stuff, but hey, I'm a pop drinker. I know it's bad. I know it's bad, but hey, people drink coffee, people, hey, whatever, we're not going to go there. Let's talk about the play-in games. We're, it's your coach that knows hoops the most, man. You know where I'm going to start this at? The play-in games. I know a lot of people were talking about the play-in games. We talked about LeBron a couple weeks ago, talking about how he didn't want to play in the play-in games, but it was phenomenal, man. It was phenomenal. Those play-in games were like, it gave you that March Madness feel to the NBA. The one and done. Like, you lose and you're out of here. You, your season is done. Which was exactly what happened to Golden State. Is they lost a couple games and their season was done. But if you never had a play-in game, you would have had Golden State playing as an eighth seed and they'd have lost every game. Or a seventh seed to uh, Utah, because they had the seventh seed at the time. They would have lost every game. They, I'm telling you right now, they wouldn't have beat Phoenix at all. So they they got swept. You might have saw Curry get off on a couple games. But the fact that the Memphis Grizzlies, they went from the 10th seed, they win two games, and they're in the playoffs playing at a high level, and then they win game one, which we're going to talk about here in a second, it, it tells you that it's here to stay. Because if, if I'm looking at the ratings as, as an NBA executive, and you look like, man, that Warriors-Lakers that Warriors -Lakers game where LeBron hits the three, to put the Lakers in the playoffs, they win the game 103-100. Like, a lot of people watched that game. The energy level was high. Like, we might want to keep this. Now, I know the Stars might not like it because when you finish in seven and you finish in eight or six, that means you're going to have to play in the game. I mean, if you finish, it's seven through ten. I'm sorry. Seven, eight, nine, and ten. Those teams play. But those teams that finish six and above – they ain't no problem with it. You ain't hear nothing about from Kawhi and Paul George about the play-in. Because they made it. They was cool. They probably should have, if they played in the play-in, they probably watching right now. 
They probably lucky they weren't in the play-in game because it didn't work out well for some of those teams. It didn't work out well for the Indiana Pacers. They looked awful. They looked bad, but it looked good for Washington. It looked good for Washington and Bradley Beal. You get to talk about him more because Bradley Beal says, this is the stage I'm supposed to be on. Like, I, I, you know, he got them there. Out of their last 24 games, I think they went 18 and 6. Like, they deserve to be in the playoffs. Those teams that are playing well at the right time deserve to be in the playoffs. So the play-in game is here to stay. And I'm always for more basketball. Give me more basketball. Now, this midseason play-in tournament that they trying to just slide in there, I ain't cool with that. Like, that's a little bit too much. Like, you're, you're, now you're just trying, you're stealing money at this point. You're trying to find more ways to generate money, kind of like playing games in Mexico, playing games in China. Like, I know you're trying to global the game and all that, but nah, man, forget all that. Mid-season tournament, well, we cool. Well, I'm cool on that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I will like to see a play-in game. I like to play in games. It's here to stay. And you get teams that are playing well at the right time. So you take a team like Memphis. So let's start off with the Utah Memphis series. Memphis is up one nothing. They are one nothing because they transferred their energy and their play from the play-in game right into the playoffs. And John Morant, stay on my Grizzly. You heard J. Cole. John Morant, to say he not one of the top 10 better point guards in the league, I can't name you nine better. I can probably name you five. They talk about pure point guards. Damian Leonard ain't no point guard. I'm not going to use Rashad's metrics, but Damian Leonard ain't no point guard. He a scorer. He a hybrid guard. We talk about pure point guards. John Moran is a point guard. Now, he can score. He get guys open. He athletic. He finish at the rim. But he's a point guard. I can't name you eight more better point guards in the NBA. And guess what? He can't even buy a beer. <laughs> John Moran, 20 years old, and he is going to work. He or well, what he played off of him and made him shoot. That was the wrong decision because he made four or five threes. If he if you guard him normally, he don't take those threes. You probably win the game because they, they had to win the game in overtime. He had a three in the corner from Xavier Tillman, Michigan State alum, Michigan made recruit them in. You feel me? But the Grizzlies are a problem. And they are going to be a problem for Utah. I know Utah wanted Golden State to win so bad because they probably could win four or five games and not have to play Donovan Mitchell. You're going to have to pull up Spider now. Spider got to pull up. Now, Spider was ready to play in game one. He was ready to play. Mike Conley was ready to play. You can see with Utah, with Mike Conley not playing the last three or four weeks, last three weeks or so, you can see that their chemistry isn't there. It's just not there. It's off sync. Because now Mike Conley got to have a ball, dribble, 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 instead of somebody else. So it affects their offense. It affects their flow. They don't have the same flow as they did, you know, the week before when they put 30 on the Lakers. They don't have the same flow. Now their flow is different. And then you throw Spider in the mix. He going to have to play in game two. I think you get game two tonight. Um, it's, it's Wednesday. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. I think you'll get game two today. But I'm going to tell you what. Donovan Mitchell is going to have to pull up. Because... Somebody got to guard John Morant. But the thing about the Grizzlies is they a little bit more than John Morant because Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks was a problem too in game one. Both of these guys can mind for over 50 points, over 50 points and 14 assists. So that backcourt is a problem. They young, they fiery, and they like, let's get it. And I, I, you know, when you're dealing with young players like that, 
Sometimes you get either end of the spectrum. You'll get the either. Sometimes you might get the superstar. He look like he the best player on the court. And then sometimes you get the guy like, oh, I don't know why he's even in the league. Right now, they're playing like, this is our court. We're going to take this win, and I don't care who we playing. And if you got that kind of unreal confidence, with a lot of guys in the NBA already have, you have to have unreal confidence. to say I'm the, uh, John Morant already told you I'm one of the best point guards in the league. He already told you. So Utah got a problem on their hands. Game two is it's almost a must win for Utah because if they down two at home and they got to travel to go to Memphis, that's going to be tough for Utah to bounce back from. So game two is going to be a huge player in the series, and Donovan Mitchell is going to have to pull up. Memphis is up 1-0. Let's talk about Boston and Brooklyn. Boston was in the playing game. You get a 50-piece chicken wing nugget from Jason Tatum, and he was going crazy. And Kimber Walker was going crazy. But guess what? They ran into the three-headed monster that they just getting loose. They, they just getting loose. Brook, trust me right now, Brooklyn is just getting loose. And for, to, to have all the talk at the beginning of the year, talk about the Brooklyn Nets was going to win the, the, the NBA championship. Did they, nobody talk about Brooklyn now. So they just getting loose. If, if you thought James Harden wasn't going to play in the playoffs, they weren't going to have everybody fresh and ready to go, you were sadly mistaken. They got three guys that could give you 30. Not two. They got three guys that could give you 30. So right now, they just getting loose. And Boston just don't have enough. You know, not having Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum is doing all that he can do. But they got the matchups for him. They could put KD on him. They could put Jeff Green on him. They could put Joe Harris on them for a little bit. They could throw a lot of different bodies at them, and you still don't have to use Ky – and Kyrie is on his revenge tour. Kyrie is on that, yeah, Boston. Like, I wasn't rocking with y'all like that. I ain't fit in Boston. Now you got Kimba, and them fans need to chill out calling me the N-word and all of that, all these slurs. So I'm, I'm going to walk around with my sage, and I'm coming in, and I'm driving 30. I'm going to tell you right now, Kyrie Irving, that, that first game in Boston, he's going to go nuts. I'm just telling you right now. So on the next episode, I'm going to be like, I told y'all, I told you, Kyrie Irving is going to go next. Nuts. He's going to go nuts this next game against Boston. I just don't think Boston has enough. I think Brooklyn probably sweeps and it prepares them to get further into the playoffs. I already said the Nets was coming out of the East. So, and I'm sticking to that. I'm sticking to the Nets coming out the East. L.A. and Phoenix. So the series is tied 1-1. But what I want to talk about is L.A. is in the first game, they looked very vulnerable. L.A. looked like they could just cut it on. And even though we're favored as the seventh seed, we can beat the number two seed like they haven't been rolling all year long. The Phoenix Suns have been rolling all year long. Monty Williams uh, won the coach of the year. Chris Paul. Uh, got them to win 70% of their games. Devin Booker is playing at an NBA first team all level. They've been playing very great basketball. And you can tell in the first game, everybody was involved. Jay Crowder making shots. Mikhail Bridges making shots. Campaign coming off the bench. Playing a huge role because Chris Paul goes down. And this is what's going to affect this series is Chris Paul. Chris Paul goes down in the first game with a shoulder injury. Chris Paul always getting hurt in the playoffs. I think a lot of that is he, he has to do so much during the season that towards the end, his body breaks down. We have if, if he has the right trainer, I don't know what happens, but his body at some points breaks down in the postseason. His body is breaking down now. So he's 36, 36, 37. So his body is breaking down. He goes down with a shoulder injury. And you can tell it affected Phoenix Suns in game two after they won game one. And in game one, you had a very mediocre AD 
uh, shooting a lot of jump shots, hanging around the three. Uh, game two was a little bit different. You still seen him hanging around the three-point line, but he got more touches on the block. He was more involved on the glass. Uh, he finished the game with 31-7, and 7 He was, for, for L.A. to win this series, you need elite AD and you need high-level LeBron. If you don't get high-level LeBron and elite AD, they're not winning this series. It's 1-1 going back to L.A. They're going to have to play at a high level because KCP ain't getting it done. Kuzma don't play no more. It was good to see uh, Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond had a double-double for the Lakers in game two. Uh, but that lineup with AD and Drummond and LeBron, ooh, I do not like that lineup. I, I don't like it. I, I mean, I, there's no spaces to drive. You really, for LeBron, it's hard for him to drive and kick. You see, he hasn't had double-figure assists in either game because they're playing two bigs at the same time. You need to sit Drummond down, play AD at a five, give him touches in the post, and see what happens there because this is going to be a long series. This is going six or seven games. To say who's going to win it, I can't call it right now, but this is going to be a long series. If Chris Paul does, if Chris Paul is affected by the injury, there's no way that Phoenix can win. If Chris Paul can find a way to get healthy where he can get 15 to 16 points and eight or nine assists, I think Phoenix can get there. But Booker having to score 35, 40 points for them to win every night is going to be tough because KCP, he can guard. He can guard. Schroeder can guard. They got a different a bunch of a bunch of guards they can throw at him. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Dallas and the L.A. Clippers. The L.A. Clippers, everybody was talking about the Clippers when Paul George signs to go there and Kawhi signs to go there. Everybody want to talk about the Clippers. Oh, man, they going to win the title now. Well, what you saying now? Because they can't stop Luka Doncic. They can't stop him at all. I like the meme of Luka Doncic on, uh, on Debo's bike. <laughs> I like that meme because he doing them like Debo. Luka Doncic is doing the L.A. Clippers like Debo. Like he going around the back, around the ball screen, hitting threes from one leg off the same foot from three. Man, Luka going crazy. And we're going to find out about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. We're going to fall out about these two guys. Do they really play well together? Are they like a package? Because it don't seem like they, they're in sync to me. It seems like they're two good players on a good team, but they don't play well with each other. It's, all right, it's your turn, and I'm going to take my turn, and I don't see them making each other better. That's just me, and playoff, oh, man, playoff Paul, playoff P, and he didn't show up again. So now we're starting to see that it wasn't Doc Rivers' fault. Y'all tried to blame Doc Rivers. Nah, 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 no, 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 no. You can't blame Doc Rivers this year because guess what? He in Philly. And Philly, one of the top teams in the East in the playoffs. So and it wasn't him. It must have been y'all. It must have been y'all. Because if playoff P don't come with it, this could be a very short series. This could be a four or five game series where you see Dallas winning 4-0 or 4-1. Particularly if they don't know how to slow down Luka Doncic. You couldn't put Pat Bev on him because he was treat him like a little baby. Come out to do do the rocket respite rocket baby. You heard Cole? I'm gonna be dropping them bars, dog. But Luka Doncic, man, he he doing them like the Westbrook rocket baby. Y'all are babies to me. And if they don't figure that out, it's gonna be a very short series. Uh, Milwaukee and Miami. This might be a short series too. Miami Heat just don't have enough. You know, uh, uh, Gordon Dragic coming off the injury. He's coming off the bench. He gives them a little bit more. But Jimmy Butler can't do it. Jimmy Butler can't get 30 and 10. Bam out of Bayou can't get 25 and 12. 
Like you need your other guys. You need those other pieces, those other players. You need Tyler Hero to have 15 to 16 points. You need Duncan Robinson to not miss a three. You need Kendrick Nunn to not miss a three. You need Trevor Reza to go back to when he was in Houston and not be able to miss and for the Lakers. But Trevor Reza, oh. And if you got to rely on Trevor Reza, I don't know if you can do that at this point. And Milwaukee is proving a point that, look, we got the two-time MVP. We got a little bit more pieces around him now. Brooke Lopez is certified big. Uh, Chris Middleton is shooting the ball at the high level. Drew Holiday is doing Drew Holiday things. And then you're getting guys like Bobby Portis as being a monster on the glass. And Dante DaVincio, or however you sell his Italian name, is making plays for them. Milwaukee is proving, they're proving their point like, hey, look, man, we still here. We in the East, we still here, we got the Greek freak, and you're going to have to do something about that. So this Milwaukee-Miami series is going to be a sweep. Milwaukee is going to sweep them in four games, and unless something drastic happens in game three where Jimmy Butler scores 40 or something, I, I don't see Miami winning a game. I don't think Miami wins a game in this series unless uh, Jimmy Butler just goes bonkers. Now, the one series that's going to be very intriguing to me, I think, it's going to be the Denver and Portland series. This, this series will go seven games. It's going to be tit for tat. Because in game one, you had six guys in double figures for Portland, and Damian Lillard had 34 points. And he went crazy in the first game. But they had more. You had, you had uh, Carmelo Anthony scoring 18. You had guys that were in double figures. They had five or six guys in double figures. And for, and for Denver, yeah, the Joker had 30 but some of those other guys didn't perform. And in game two, you saw the exact opposite. In game two, you saw Dame, he was on fire. He had 30-something in the first half. Nine threes. But guess what? The other guys didn't score. Carmelo Anthony only had five points. Uh, Robert Covington didn't score at all. I don't know how you do that. He didn't score at all. I think they had three people in double figures. Well, Denver had six guys in double figures. You had Aaron Gordon in double figures. You had Michael Porter Jr. in double figures. You had... Um, guys coming off the bench making plays off the off for for Denver. So this 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 is one of those series where it's gonna come down to specifics. It's gonna come down to coaching. It's gonna come down to matchups, and it's going seven games. The team that will win this series will have the team that has, gets the most production out of their bench. Whoever gets the most production, because the stars are gonna show. It's like going outside with no trees in. In the Midwest town, you're going to see the stars. The stars are going to show. It ain't about the stars in this series. It's about those other guys. It's about the Michael Porter Juniors. It's about those kind of, it's about the C.J. McCullums. If C.J. McCullum don't bring it, ah, it's going to be tough for the Blazers. If Michael Porter Jr. don't bring it, it's going to be tough for the Nuggets. Because you know the Joker going to bring it because he, he, he out to show that he's the MVP. So he going to get his, he going to get his, Damian Litter. It's going to get his. In this series, it ain't about them two. It's about the other guys. It will go seven games, and I'm here for it all. We got two more series that I want to talk about, and I'm going to send you guys on your way. I still keep that, kept it that close to an hour, so we're doing good here. Washington and Philly. Philly, the Sixers, they're on a roll, man. Tobias Harris scores 37 in the first game. They found a way to keep Westbrook under 20 points. Uh, ben Simmons is a big body that they can, they got some different bodies that can throw at Westbrook, and that helps. 
If you could, if you could throw a Tobias on there for a couple possessions, if you could throw a Ben Simmons there and switch off a ball screen, like that kind of stuff helps. Uh, if you could bring a Tyrese Maxey off the bench and just run around for him for a while and make him play defense, it affects his numbers. Uh, because they call him a stat patter, but it's right, not really about him patting stats. It's about him being effective. And what I say is this. The last game, he had 16 points, 14 assists, and 6 rebounds. The one thing that they didn't list was his 7 turnovers. He had 7 turnovers. So if Westbrook has high assists with no turnovers, Washington is winning. If he has high assists and high turnovers, uh, it's not as effective. So the Wizards can't rely on Bradley Beal getting 30 every night. Even though that's what he's averaging, like, he's humble. You can tell he's humble. He's got the sleeve on his leg. He, like, I got you here, dog. Now I need help. Now I need um, hit, uh, Rui Hitchamarara. I don't know how you say his name. I need you to get 15. I need Nito to get 10. I need the big fella. Um, what's his fact? I can't think of his name anymore. We, we need the others to score because think about this. To get assists, other people got to make plays. But Russell Westbrook, he's going to have to score, too. He's going to have to score in the mid-20s. He's going to have to do all the triple-double stuff he's been doing for them to get here. I just don't think it's enough to go against the Sixers because they have enough big bodies where you're not just finishing at the rim. Embiid ain't going for it. Harris ain't going for it. Simmons ain't going for it. So you're going to have to make shots. And if you can't make shots from the perimeter at a very high level, it's going to be hard to beat this team. I see Philly in four or five. Uh, because I think I think Westbrook and crew, I think they did enough to make the playoffs. I don't think they did enough to make the playoffs and win a series. Because winning four games in a in a playoffs situation is not an easy thing to do. The last uh, contest that we're going to talk about is the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks, and the boy's name is Trey Young. The boy's name is Trey Young. Y'all just just know what the that's the boy right there. That's the boy. I like the fact the last play of the game, he, he waves off the ball screen. I be telling guys all the time, you don't be needing a screen all the time. Go get a bucket. Go score. Sometimes I'm going to tell my best player, hey, man, go win the game. I've said it before during the game. Look, he don't need no screen. Give him the ball. Hey, man, go score. And that's exactly what Trey Young did. Tween, tween, behind the back, right? Uh, floater, game time. That's Trey Young for you. He, he's a star. He's at Madison Square Garden. That's what you're supposed to do. But Julius Randle most improved, my dog. You, you can't let Alex Burke be your top scorer, New York. If Alex Burke is your top scorer, you're losing. I'm just going to keep it a buck. If it ain't Derrick Rose, if it ain't R.J. Barrett, if it ain't Julius Randle, y'all ain't winning. If your leading scorer is Alex Burke, you're losing, period. The Atlanta Hawks are a legitimate team. Nobody's going to talk about them having one of the worst records in the league last year. Bottom five. They go from a bottom five team to a top five seed in the East. It comes from them drafting well. It comes from them getting uh, free agent signings, doing the right trades. You know, I like Lou Williams telling Trey Young, listen, man, you got to score. This is your team. You the franchise player. You make the play. Go get the ball. Tell them other guys to move. That's what he told them. Lou Williams told him, hey, man, it's your team. Go score. That's what he did. So game two is going to be huge for New York. You're, you're going to have Julius Randle going to need to be, he's going to need 20 and 10, 25 and 10 for them to be effective. You're going to need R.J. Barrett to make four or five threes. I'm not throwing this out for your fan, dude, but I'm saying game two is going to be a big game for New York because if Atlanta goes back to, to, to the A, 
If they go back to the eight up two games, it's going to get tough for New York. This series is going to go at least six games. I'm not saying it's going to go seven because I don't know what's going to happen in game two. I think that happens tonight as well. And Trey Young got those boys playing at a high level. Bogdanovich is shooting the ball incredibly. Uh, I like Atlanta Hawks, man. I like Atlanta, but I like New York too. It's just Julius Randle. He got he to gotta step up. It's on you now, dog. Hey, this is the biggest stage. This is the biggest stage. The biggest players show up on the biggest stage. And when you don't, your team loses. And that's what happened to you, New York. But you know what it is, man. It's your coach that knows hoops the most. I'm glad y'all buckled up for this long episode. Here we're talking hoops with Coach Cam. A little bit over an hour. But you had an hour anyway. You, you know me. You know you got to have at least an hour to listen to the podcast. If you listen to the whole thing So I'm a little bit over an hour I appreciate you for listening But it's your coach that knows hoops the most, man And I'ma holler at y'all, man Peace It's your coach